friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Nostrum Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely blessed day today. Hope you guys are enjoying this um, wonderful February we're having right now. A lot of things happening, a lot of stuff going on as we're continually watching it. And what's interesting now, I was reading some articles earlier and as the Ottawa police, I've kept you guys updated on this all week, the Ottawa police have now begun arresting, begin arresting Canadian truck protesters. They have said that the protesters have still remained peaceful and lawful and that they've moved into clear protesters that essentially have blocked the road. They're now going in and they're discussing the fact that they will start confiscating pets as well. Once they start arresting individuals and city officials says they'll keep the dogs for eight days, then the animals will be considered relinquished of any animal that is basically seized when somebody is arrested. You know, a lot of truckers have dogs and stuff like that they ride around with. And uh, it seems to be now that this is going to be one of those just pretty much complete and total we're going to show you how far we're willing to make basically a butt out of ourselves as a Canadian government with Trudeau. And we're going to show everybody how unbelievably tyrannical we are. And um, at that point, after that, we're just going to prove to everybody there are no rights left. It's interesting because I was talking to a friend yesterday and he said, can you imagine what would have happened in 2020 when you know we had the – fire bombings and entire cities on fire with the BLM protesters and the Antifa terrorists and the BLM terrorists. He said, can you imagine what would have happened if Trump would have declared these terrorist organizations to be basically enough to declare emergency war powers act and we started seizing the bank accounts of everybody that was involved with BLM and we started seizing all the GoFundMe finances essentially, or at least froze all the accounts of anybody involved. And I thought about it, and I was like, golly. I said, that would have been one of those absolutely tyrannical things. Granted, were the groups involved in terroristic behavior? Yeah, they were. But at the end of the day, it's like, wow, that would have been pretty wild to see that happen. Well, that's what Canada's doing. At the same time now, we have... Biden's Supreme Court nomination advisor, I just saw this the other day, is on the BLM Board of Directors. Now, apparently, Black Lives Matter has a Board of Directors. It is a full-blown corporation. I did not know this. I did not know they had a board. And uh, despite the White House distancing from the defund movement and saying that the truckers need to be essentially arrested and defunded, the former Clinton advisor who basically was tapped this month to advise the Biden on the Supreme Court nomination process, was sitting on the board of directors of Black Lives Matter as recently as Friday, according to the group's court filing. The White House announced two weeks ago that Mian Moore, who has been described by media outlet as an informal advisor to Vice President Kamala Harris, would join Biden's team to mobilize a nationwide engagement effort focused on the confirmation of the nation's first black woman to the Supreme Court. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, because most of this is all just theater, and it's designed to keep everybody confused and focused on essentially cannon fodder, nothing significant or real. But this shows you right here 
how hypocritical the entire country and the government from top to bottom, including in Canada, is. And so as we're seeing this right now, this is the entire reason why I have encouraged people to stand up for your rights and continue to maintain the strength and security and conviction that you hold. Because when you allow people that are this corrupt and that are absolutely this hypocritical to start dictating laws and mandates and requirements and what you need to do, guys, it's, it's, a, it's a bad road from there. I, I saw a video earlier from Governor Newsom's. You know, uh, Newsom out in uh, Can- uh, California. And a reporter asked him in a news conference, he goes, well, we see events with thousands of people and the Super Bowl all over the place and nobody's wearing masks. Is there a reason why you're still mandating that all schools in California have to mandate masks for young children? And he goes on this long, hypocritical tirade about, well, the young children have not been fully vaccinated and they do not have enough vaccine status and they have not been jabbed essentially with the clot shot. And he goes on to say, this is why we're mandating that all children still have to wear masks. This guy out there is probably one of the largest pieces of filth that I have ever seen in the political realm, but yet people, parents, are still allowing a lot of this stuff to occur. The gig's over. Everybody's seeing the writing on the wall, and people realize real quick right now, a lot of people are realizing that we've been lied to the entire time, and our children, these children in these school systems, this is not a joke. This is not an accident. This is not something that they just did by happenstance. I talked about it in detail yesterday. So, again, I encourage you, if you're in California, you better start pushing back pretty hard. And if not, well, you may just want to move out of that state because what we're seeing right now and the fact that he did a press conference yesterday and was asked why nobody wears essentially a mask anywhere, and yet they're mandating the children, these little children still have to wear muzzles, well, it's very clear what Governor Newsom's agenda is, and that's to follow the New World Order and whatever he's told to do, at least my opinion. What do you think, Dad? Uh, they're all being controlled. Just That's just that's, that's just the bottom line. It's uh, I've read the article so many times, and I've posted it again today on the website about how the Khazarian, Kabbalist, Luciferian bankers control both sides of the narrative. And... You know, it's so funny. I had one of the top physicians in the country contact me this morning who's basically fighting this fight. And she told me, she goes, I don't really know what to do or what to believe with this. This is just ridiculous. And I said, no, it's how they control the narrative. Because apparently, you know, Newsweek has come out now and said that these leaders that are doing this basically don't care about the truth or about freedom, but only about power. So we have a publication that's run by the Kabbalist Luciferians that are printing information that's truthful because they want to continue to push the narrative. When you want a civil war, you've got to basically force it in some cases when people don't want to fight. If you watch that movie with Tom Cruise, and I believe it was called American Made, in which they were bringing these troops into the United States, these basically uh, Nicaraguans, to fight the war you know, back in the 70s and 80s to train them, they didn't want to fight. 
as soon as they got to the United States, they just ran away and, and basically had freedom, and they never came back. They just left. I mean, this is a big problem they had when they were bringing in the troops to train them, but they weren't troops. They were like farmers and et cetera. They had no interest in killing people or handling guns. You need to watch that movie, and that's the problem they have in the United States. Honestly, we don't really want to kill each other. We just want to be left alone. That's how I feel the people in the United States are. We don't want a full-blown civil war. We don't want that. I mean, I watched the movie Gone with the Wind again last night. It was done, gosh, it was 70, 80 years ago. And it, it talked about what the South was and how it was completely and utterly destroyed. It showed the bombing and the shelling for a month of Atlanta until Atlanta was burning. And then the troops came in all because of Lincoln, the hardcore communist, cabalist, Luciferian, low-life piece of crap, excuse my language, uh, ordered Sherman and his troops to do that. And then they came in and just killed women and children and raped them. I mean, these are, and remember, the people who were, who Lincoln was primarily conscripting were coming off the ships from Europe. They weren't Americans. He was bringing in Hessians. He was bringing in everybody coming off the ships. If you watch the movie Gangs of New York, be careful with that one because that's a rough one. You'll see that. They were coming off the ships, being brought to the United States, immediately conscripted and taken into the services of the United States military and given uniforms and taught to fight. They, they would fight. They had no choice. These are the troops that Lincoln was using to fight the South. That's why he never ran out of manpower. He's brought in mercenaries because the Rothschild banking cartel was paying for the war for his end to allow him to basically, they thought, put in a new central bank. Because remember, Andrew Jackson had gotten rid of it between 20 years or 30 years earlier, and they wanted to have the power back over the United States to indebt the people here in the United States. So all of it was done by the bankers, all of it, both sides of the war. And once we understand that and we see it, you know, it can't be unseen. And the sad part with all of this stuff is that this is what they always do. When they start to lose control of the narrative, they start, they basically start a war. You know, when they want, when the political Zionists wanted World War One, they started World War One. When the political Zionists wanted World War Two, they put basically Hitler into power and they started World War Two. They control both sides of the narrative. World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War. This is always the same people. And, and once you get that and you understand, that, the same people took down Building Seven. The same people that basically created the Iraq, you know, problem that we had with the Iraqi war and the Kuwait war and all of it. It's always the same group. And this is the group that basically runs itself through the international banking cartels. And for some reason, they want a war in the Ukraine. I've got boots on the ground over there. I've got a good friend of mine who lives over there. And I talked to him yesterday. And I said, what the heck? He goes, well, it's pretty much like you guys are saying. He said they're, they're pushing and pushing the narrative. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he sent me an email. I'm going to read it to you. And it says, just because the things they said happened or would happen or will happen, haven't happened, it doesn't mean that they won't happen. And it's like they are trying to speak it into existence. That being said, there are a lot of reports of intense shelling by our side against the Russian-backed separatists, even the independent OSCE, our monitors with the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, documented nearly 600 cases, 600 cases of fire violations of the past day. They won't say which side made the violations. The East Russian-backed separatist, Donsky Lugansk side, says that this past few days have been the most intense by as far as fighting and shelling since the 2014-2015 war when the Civil War started. Wait a minute. So they're doing everything they possibly can to create a war in the Ukraine. Again, it's Eastern Europe. That's what they did in Poland. That's what they did with World War One, with the killing of Arch the Archduke Osferdinand. And, and you kind of step back and you go, 
really, why in the world does somebody want to war in the Ukraine? And you know, we should remember that both the previous wars were sparked in Europe. This is a really good article that Michael Schneider wrote. I'll read you this. Well, that sure escalated quickly. Early on Wednesday, it was being reported that Russia was moving forces away from the Ukrainian border that both sides have tried to give diplomatic talks. But somebody out there must not have been too pleased with that. That's the Kabbalist Luciferian bankers. Because by Wednesday evening, everything had changed. The Ukrainian military and the other separatists in eastern Ukraine started shelling one another relentlessly. And according to the latest information, which again, which I just read to you, that I have from the Ukraine, basically is still going on. In previous articles, Snyder said, I've expressed my opinion that the war in Ukraine will not begin this month, but it appears that somebody out there is trying to get it going as soon as possible. I think this is a good time to remember that both previous world wars were sparked in Eastern Europe. The assassination of Austrian Archduke Ferdinand, it's happened in Sarajevo on June the 28th, 1944, is generally recognized as the event that initiated World War II, World War One, and the invasion of Poland in 39 by Russia. I'm going to say this again. And the invasion of Poland by Russia and Germany in 1939 is generally recognized as the event that initiated World War II. So will the conflict in Ukraine be the event that initiates World War III? Michael Schneider goes on to say, as far as I can determine, the widespread shelling in Ukraine is began sometime on Wednesday evening. On Thursday, photos of kindergarten class that have been hit by a shell were widely being circulated in Western media. But again, why are they pushing this narrative? Nobody wants a civil war to continue and to get worse in Ukraine. Nobody wants World War III. But why are they doing this? Well, you know, when you have war, you cover up a whole bunch of sin of what happened to get to that war. Remember what happened in 9-11 when the Pentagon was hit and the $2.3 trillion worth of research that had been done as far as the money that had been stolen and lost by the Pentagon, the $2.3 trillion, all those records were destroyed. Remember when Building 7 came down and all the records from Enron and all the information on the prosecution of Ken LaHaye and Enron and all that was destroyed and no further prosecution occurred on any of those things that I can possibly find as far as what happened with the cheating of all the people with the utility bills in California? Guys, the best way to do things is to destroy things so these guys can destroy records. And that's one of the reasons they do what they do. Remember the trade towers when they came down? What happened to all the gold and all the vaults underneath the trade towers? And many of that, much of that was taken out before and during this, the, 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 the attack on the trade towers. And, you know, and, and Julie Wood, structural engineer from Clemson, wrote an excellent book. Where do the towers go? Where? W-H-E-R-E. Where? Because the amount of impact on the ground from a seismic standpoint wasn't nearly the amount of impact that should have been recorded when these giant buildings went down because the buildings turned to powder. They turned to dust. You guys remember that? And all that asbestos was put into the air. What happened? She still thinks this was basically an energy field weapon that was used either from a space-based system, base-based weapon system, or whatever. It could have been combined with thermite. We don't know. We don't know what in the world happened because remember what George Bush did? He had all of the debris from the towers hauled off very quickly and sent to China for recycling. Remember all that? And no independent investigation was used to determine what in the world was inside of the buildings as far as if thermite had been used, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, the 9-11 Commission report was as bad as the Warren Commission report. It's a complete joke. Didn't even address Building 7 in there. I mean, how do you have a 50-story office complex come down seven, eight hours later and never been hit by a plane? Remember this. With Building 7, this is so important. When you do 
a building for demolition and you want it to fall into its own footprint, you have to have engineers come in. It takes weeks, if not months, to take a huge building and basically wire it with munitions in order to have it drop into its own footprint. Well, seven, eight hours later, this building dropped into its own footprint, old footprint when they, when the guy, when, you know, when they say, when that one, the one guy who owned the trade tower says, well, we've decided to pull the buildings, to pull building seven. Well, that's a term used to demolition, which means they're going to basically implode it and take it down. It is impossible to do within a six or eight hour period. It takes months. All of this was pre-thought out. All of it. You know, Silverstein, I think his name was. And, 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 you know, so it's just, we've got this group of people that are just absolutely bent on starting World War III and forcing Russia to come in and attack, you know, what they're doing. I mean, I mean, first of all, you have to understand, and my friend told me this yesterday from Ukraine, there's separatists, Russian separatists that want the Ukraine to be back part of Russia. They're also Nazis, I mean, like neo-Nazis, like, you know, a lot of Nazis in Ukraine, and they don't want that because they hate communism. They were actually working with Hitler, their grandparents were, during World War II. I kid you not. They have, and they have had, and continue to have, like, Nazi parades in Ukraine. And then, of course, the communists and the Nazis are still fighting, so there's this giant civil war. Because if you guys remember, Hitler hated the communists. The communists hated Hitler. That's why Stalin was planning on invading Germany, and Germany preempted him and basically attacked Russia. All of this stuff happened in history. Now, you got to remember, these guys that are running the show over there, these people are really, really, really bad. They really are. Uh, you know, you know, you know this, is, this is tied together with what I also talked about earlier in this convoy chaos. The organizers are being arrested. The dogs are being threatened. The accounts are being frozen, and the government is being sued because they don't know what to do at this point, the government, because there's so much resistance. And so folks need to understand that if we continue to stand against this, the algorithms are going to tell them that, hey, you know, we can't do this right now. We've got to stand the ground, like it says in the book of Ephesians. There's no choice. By the way, Remington Arms is now having to pay $73 million in the Sandy Hook case. Wow, can you believe this? Remington Arms has been set up to pay $73 million in settlement to the families of five children and four adults who were shot at Sandy Hook School in 2012. The Sandy Hook court case sets a new precedent for gun liability cases. Remington went bankrupt following a shady financial deal in 2012 by its owner, Cerebrus Company executives. Cerebrus also owns Dynacorp. Imagine that, a government and military contractor that's been linked to pedophilia, rape, and trafficking. I'm going to repeat that last sentence so that could, this, this one can need to sink in a little bit for all of us, including myself. This, this Cerebrus, okay, which basically owns and basically bankrupted Remington back in 2012, also owns Dynacorp. A corp government and military contractor has been linked to pedophilia, Kabbalist, rape, Kabbalist, and trafficking of children and drugs, Kabbalist. All of these groups are the same people. We talked about that on yesterday's show, and we need to get that. Plus, now we have the Boston Federal Reserve and MIT are unveiling a model for a central bank digital currency. Wow. <laughs> Earlier this month, in collaboration with Massachusetts Institute of Technology, they unveiled its first attempt in designing an electronic form of cash. Researchers claimed the system could settle the vast majority of payments in less than two seconds, handles more than 1.7 million transactions per second, and operates around the clock. 
The Boston Fed is collecting public feedback, and the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell claims it will only proceed with congressional authorizations. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Of course, that's right. No, that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, that, that, let's just stop for a second. Jerome Powell, you, so you're telling me you won't proceed without congressional but, – but, but, but you're telling me that the Rothschild banking cartel who owns Israel, who basically runs Mossad and owns, and owns Jeffrey Epstein – who's bankrupted almost all of the congressional leaders that we know of, at least over 50% of them, over 1,000 of them in Washington, D.C. and around the world. And basically, if they don't like you, they suicide you. That group, we'll talk about them, right, that, who own the Federal Reserve Bank, that the congressional people will have to give them approval. Whatever. Are you joking me? Uh, we, we need you to vote this way today. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you're going to die tomorrow. Well, I don't want to die tomorrow. Okay, you need to vote this way. Okay, I'll vote that way. You need to vote this way. I don't want to do that. We've got a video with you with a 14-year-old. No, you don't. Here's the video. Oh, we need you to vote that way. Okay. Oh, we gave you a bunch of campaign contributions, and you misallocated the funds, and we want you to vote this way. No, I didn't do that. Here's the, here's the evidence. Okay, I'll vote that way. It never ends. And that's the biggest thing that just just, just grates me about this trial with Ghislaine Epstein, this stinking, pervert, cabalist, weirdo, luciferian piece of garbage that took all those young girls and raped them, that they never talked about the fact that she was Mossad agent and that Jeffrey H. Epstein was Mossad. Why? They're not supposed to talk about that. They can't talk about that because they don't want you and me to see who runs the world. They don't want you to see that, and, and that's the problem that we have. The Christian church has been completely compromised at the Schofield Reference Bible. Political Zionism is, the, is being preached from almost every church in the United States every Sunday morning, especially the evangelical churches. And I, it's so stupid to me, guys, to be honest with you. And I've asked my friends who do this, my pastor friends. I'm like, do you not realize that political Zionism wants to rebuild the third temple and bring in the Antichrist to destroy the planet? Start the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah, we got that. Okay, well, why do you want to push that? Oh, because we're all going to be raptured. Oh, you're all going to be raptured. We're not going to have to go through that. But we're going to go ahead and destroy the planet and just, just let Lucifer take over and just choke everybody out and kill you know two-thirds of the population. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's walking in love here? Where's praying that God you know, tarries and we can get everybody saved rather than bringing God's judgment in the book of Revelation into existence on this planet and destroying everything and having Lucifer reign and bring in the Antichrist? Oh, we don't care about that. We just want to get raptured. You know, I, I sit back and I hear my friends talk like this. And I, Austin, I just shake my head. I, I just say, you know, what is wrong with you who drops you on your head? And then I remember, though, you know, 30 years ago, you know, I'd never been taught political Zionism. I'd never been taught any of that stuff. And I started going to an Assemblies of God church in Lakeland just about 38 years ago. And they preached political Zionism. And I always thought it was odd because one day – Pastor Strader got up on this platform, and I liked Pastor Strader. He's a nice guy, a good preacher. And he started talking about how we needed to support the Masonic Lodges and the Shriners. And I'm like, wait a minute. Don't you understand what these guys are and who they believe? And he started talking about the Shriners Hospitals for Children and, and all the stuff they did. And I thought, why are you doing this? Well, obviously, he had a bunch of Masonic people in the churches. You know, in the, in the, he had, you know, had like an eight or nine thousand member congregation and apparently he was getting some heat. So he decided to throw them a bone. And I thought to myself, why would you do that? Even back then I knew the Masonic Lodges was bad. 
So who are, who are out, who, who are the people pushing this agenda? And I was indoctrinated into believing that if you don't basically bless Israel, that you're going to be cursed. And I, I'm like, I was never taught this before. And I'm going to say something here. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to meddle for one minute here. This is, we got to, let's, let's do it. Let's do a metaphor. I'm going to let Austin do his next story. Let's say the United States was a country, you know, 2000 years ago. We were a country. And let's say we were blessed by God. And let's say the United States from 2000 years ago basically started eating its children and burning them on the altars of Baal and Moloch and Asherah. And God said, you know what? I've had enough of you guys, a bunch of heathen. I'm sick of you, United States. I've had it with you. I'm going to disband you and sell you off into slavery. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with all of it. I've dealt with you now for several thousand years. And I don't want to mess with you anymore. I've had enough. Okay? And the United States is broken up into pieces. And thousands of years go by. Thousands of years go by. And then a bunch of Satanists... A bunch of Kabbalist Luciferians, a bunch of weirdo wackos who practice witchcraft, put the United States back together again. So the United States gets put back together again. But now it's being run completely by the Luciferians. I mean, it's worse than it was 2,000 years ago. And suddenly, we tell everybody on the planet that if you don't bless the United States of America, and you're like, wait a minute. It was disbanded 2,000 years ago. God sold it off. God had enough of it. God scattered everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, you're like, no, this is not of God. A bunch of satanic Luciferians put this thing back together again. So you now you're claiming that you're the same country of 2,000 years ago when you don't even practice from your Old Testament anymore, that you're, a, you're the number one homosexual destination in the world? And you do all these crazy, if you don't bless the United States, you'll be cursed. And you go, but wait a minute. The United States was disbanded 2,000 years ago. This is a brand new country. You just happen to name it the United States of America again. You don't understand. You're twisting things. No, I'm not twisting anything. It's what, it's what you're doing. You have basically taken the United States, made it a satanic country, and now you want us after 2,000 years to pretend like it's the old country. That's right. That's what you got to do. Guys, do you realize how twisted that whole concept is? And it doesn't have to be the United States. It could be, it could be Syria. It, it could be Russia. It could be China. It could be pick – pick a country that was around 2,000 years ago that got completely disbanded and some a bunch, of, a bunch of Satanists put it back together again, and suddenly you have to bless it and give it money. If you say anything about it, you'll be cursed. It's not even true. And then you find out they want to rule the entire planet by resurrecting a serpent god. Gosh, Lord, you, yeah, I pray about this stuff all the time, and I think about it. How absolute has the brainwashing been to believe all this stuff? I mean, it's, it took, of course, it took a hundred years. It took a hundred years, over a hundred years, to get everybody to, to, to this point to believe all of this stuff. But just think through what they're telling you, and then they bring people on the platform, like this, this these rabbis, and they have them come speak at Christian churches. And they do that hand sign, that Spock Zohar satanic hand sign. And they hold it up, which is like cursing the people in the church. And they speak a foreign language over them. And everybody goes, oh, that's so cool. No, it's not cool at all. How do you know what they're saying to you? The guys aren't even saved. And they're preaching to you to bring in the third temple so they can kill everybody? Think through the concept. It doesn't make any sense. 
And I guess that's, that's, that's the point of all of this, isn't it? It's the confusion that they're trying to do to everybody, to make everybody as confused as they possibly can. Remember what they said, what the Bible says? In the latter days, what is up will be down. Everything will be inversion. Everything will be changed around. So you believe the lie. Jesus said that. The light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. Because these liars, this is so funny. I had a lady, a friend of mine. She's basically a, a works for the FAA. Of this Jewish guy, this hardcore political Zionist. You know, they start off the video with Shalom, and he starts saying how we have drones now coming from Iran attacking Israel. Total lies. Everything was lie, 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 lie. The whole thing started off with a lie. And, and there's, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people listening to this thing on a live feed. And I thought, what the heck? The guy's, I could look at his face and tell he was lying. No discernment out there anymore. And I said, this is not true. I said, they want to go in and pretend like Iran's going to come in and basically send missiles into Israel, and they're going to destroy the mosque on the Dome of the Rock so they can have the area cleared to rebuild the third temple, but they're going to blame it on Iran so they can bring in their Antichrist. And Christians sit there, and they go, rah, rah, rah. We want to sit in the heavenly grandstands and watch all hell break loose on earth and watch everybody die because we're going to get raptured. Where in the world can you think that's okay? Uh, I'm pontificating. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the, everything has become so strange now as far as, you know, what what is real, what's theater, what's up, what's down. And as we're continually watching all this stuff, I saw this article the other day, and it was talking about how Bumbling Buffoon was threatening to leave stranded Americans behind in Ukraine if they refuse to get the injection. It's in order to keep them safe, unvaccinated, essentially have to be injected before they're allowed to exfil out of Ukraine, or they must show proof of injection in order to get into Poland. And, you know, this entire concept that has literally polluted the American culture for the last year now, that somehow the only way you can have freedom the only way you can have your rights, the only way your rights are given to you as a privilege is if you get an experimental RNA injection, has been so far-fetched from a American constitutional patriot freedom standpoint, um, it's boggling my mind. I'll be honest with you on that. The more I've seen this now and the more I've watched and the more I continue to watch, it's absolutely out of control. Even the check... Uh, president, Czech uh, president, is now comparing what's going on to in basically in uh, Ukraine as the same incident that occurred with Iraq having nuclear weapons. Same thing. I mean, and he's blatantly saying that he lashed out against the U.S. intelligence community for their claim that Russia would invade Ukraine, which was so far. He said it added their track record of making wrong predictions about crucial events. He said first it was in Iraq. There was no weapons of mass destruction. Second, there was in Afghanistan. They claimed the Taliban. They would never conquer Kabul. The third is now. And the, he exactly was referring, right. He was referring to the invasion of what happened with Iraq. Does everybody forget what happened in 2003 when President George W. came on and basically said, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists? Well, he said, we have to invade Iraq. We have to, excuse me, we have to liberate the people of Iraq. 
and then we commenced an absolute shelling on the country in Baghdad. They did a full-blown invasion and then had absolutely horrific close combat warfare in Fallujah. And we sent the Marine Corps in to handle that. And, I mean, that was, was horrible. So, so many guys died in that for no reason. And people, well, they were the terrorists. Dude, what happens when they cordon and search off your town and military starts going in and going house to house shooting any able-bodied male because you're supposed to be evacuated? Um, I'm, I'm going to shoot whatever military occupation is coming into my house in the face. Oh, that's right. That's what happened in Fallujah. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't significant elements of Muslim terrorists that are all over the place. I'm not saying that basically these guys aren't, some of them over there are complete and totally nuts and out of control. But as we're seeing these things over and over and over again, as they say history repeats itself, once you start looking at this stuff, once you start looking at the overall picture and the overall scheme, you realize very quickly on how they play the same narrative over and over and over and over and over again, and they use it as a distraction. They use it as a way to keep people focused on stuff that isn't going on or is completely unrelated or is in a completely different country. While at the same time, you have the Canadian prime minister acting like he's Caesar, like like a full-blown tyrant running around decreeing just random stuff. Oh, we decree you can no longer drive or protest. We decree we're stealing your money if you protest. Oh, we decree we're taking your money if you donate to the protest. Oh, we decree you have to get an injection immediately. Same thing that we saw with bumbling buffoon Biden and the CDC and Fauci. Just these random decrees. That's why I told you guys just in detail. I was so happy. The attorney general in Texas filed another lawsuit about the mask on airplanes yesterday. He blatantly said, he goes, when's the CDC basically an enforcement agency? When are they going in and making laws? When are they going in and ratifying this in Congress that all of a sudden everybody's mandated they have to wear a paper mask while they fly on a plane countrywide? When when did Congress, when when did they settle this? Because everybody would love to know. And now we're seeing too, I saw another email, somebody emailed me yesterday, Telling me now that they're not talking about it all in the media, but they're having people that are just drawing out huge amounts of cash out of Canada, basically bank runs in a lot of the a lot of the, uh, a lot of the banks, because everybody sees the writing on the wall. And this is why I've told many people before: make sure, make sure you have backup elements, whatever you need on the backside, in order to maintain lifestyle, finances, food, and so forth. This is why I've encouraged so many people. To continually maintain and keep your immune system strong, keep your body strong, be exercising at least a couple days a week. I was just telling Dad yesterday, you know, I uh, when I broke my wrist, there wasn't a lot I could do in the gym for quite a while. I would still do some right side of my body, but it was my left wrist that broke. And so I would kind of do stuff and, you know, play around a little bit, just kind of go in there and see how it felt. A lot of stuff would bother my wrist so I just kind of, you know, take it as is, you know, take a small little dumbbell and try and do something, at least to maintain some level of, you know, body composition. But there was no significant training. And then this week, me and my workout partner got back in the gym again, and because my, my cast is off now, my wrist is healed up incredibly well, 
didn't need surgery. Thank you for everybody that's emailed me and asked me. I told you guys that the other day. And we were in the gym the other day, and we were hammering it. And, you know, I, I went back in full tilt. I mean, I came back in, put a little wrist brace on to make sure it was supported. We went full tilt. I mean, I was back on inclines and everything. I still have a hard time lifting my arm above my shoulders right now because I'm so sore. Everything is literally aching. And I was like, man, that's what happens when you don't stay conditioned for two months, or at least you try to stay conditioned, but not on the level that we started training this week. And I just thought it was funny, and I was joking around about it. And I said, the, the thing about it is, the sad part about it is, you know, I took off two months. A lot of people, they don't train for two, three years. They don't even exercise. That's why I've encouraged people. Even if it's just something basic, like the ultimate multiple and the vitamin C, keep your body strong with the basics and maintenance. You don't necessarily have to be going full tilt and you know have to run all these different supplements all the time. It can be very beneficial. It can be very helpful. But at least continue to keep your body strong. And that's why we built the ultimate multiple capsules and the chewable and the powder to continue to maintain you know, strength and health and overall immune system. And then we throw in other stuff like the vitamin C and the zinc and the D3. But the more research is coming out now, and, and there's tons of it. I talk about it on the show almost every week. The research is coming out now that natural nutrients and exercise and drinking clean water and staying hydrated and staying physically fit are some of the most positive things you can do to maintain health against the alleged COVID virus even though we now know that it essentially is just a mutated flu they brewed up in a lab. And the stuff's rough. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I've, I've had it. I, we got an email from a customer on ST Brower yesterday. Shan was showing it to me. He was discussing how basically his wife was fighting it still. You know, She was still having the lingering effects, and he was doing really well. He was hammering all the subs. He didn't really get hit that hard, and she was still having the lingering effects in her lungs. And I sent the link to Sharon. There's a product that we just started carrying. And I, I carry this specifically for customers that are having this problem because I've seen good results from it. And it's called Mighty Lungs. It's from Gaia Herbs. And it's a product that we basically carry. And I've been taking. Lana's been taking. And overall, it's a really, really good product. I've been hearing people give me feedback, positive feedback all over the place. And it's on the website listed as Lung Support Mighty Lungs. Now, I don't know if this is a product you need to take on a regular basis. I've been still kind of honestly experimenting with it. But I know for a fact it's a very good product if you're running into issues with just that lingering dry cough. Because I know a lot of people, I've, almost, I'm out everywhere, and even people I know that are uninjected, moderately healthy and those have that dry cough i'm like dude you're all right said, yeah I still still been dealing with this dry cough you know two three four weeks later after this covid i said okay so i started researching the ingredients in this this lung support product and i was like you know what we don't really carry anything like this as far as with these specific nutrients like this so we started carrying it i've gotten a lot of good feedback and they, i'm just throwing that out there as an option but again it's so important everybody continue to maintain health and maintain freedom because your freedom and your health are the two things, essentially, <laughs> that nobody can take away from you unless you give them up. If you want to give away your health and you want to go into the medical industrial complex and you want to start going on all these prescription drugs and go on the merry-go-round of prescription pills, that's on you. If you want to go in and hand over your freedoms and basically give away your rights away to the all-powerful, all-knowing government for your safety – and let them tell you you're not allowed to leave your house and you're not allowed to run your business and you're not allowed to go outside without a muzzle. That's also your choice. But remember, it's also your choice not to give those things up. 
And my friends, it is becoming that crucial, pivotal point in time right now where everybody is going to have to find themselves on which side of history they want to be a part of. I saw a protest yesterday out in Arizona, the university, on video, and there were about 30, 40 teenagers, I call them teenagers, kids, they were like you know, young adults, college students, walking around picketing, talking about bring back the mass mandates. What do we want? Mass mandates. I'm not joking. I watched it, and it just it made my stomach turn to think there are individuals not out there that want to wear a muzzle because they think it's healthy. They want everybody else to be mandated that they have to wear a muzzle because they said so. This is what communism looks like in its finest form, and this is why it is so important. We continue to maintain our freedoms and get the truth out there and continue to keep raising little Americans. What do you think, Dan? We've gone back into this content many times as far as we have to continue to raise our children in the ways of the Lord. That's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And, you know, I just I just want people to understand that that's the whole answer to all of this stuff. I mean, we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have the relationship with Jesus Christ and you're in covenant with the Most High God, what happens is he shares with you because of the blood covenant, you know, a billionth of a percent or whatever it would be of his omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence and all of this stuff. It's just not enough to really allow you to go out and do, you know, really big exploits, but it allows you to do a lot of stuff, including being led by the Holy Spirit as far as having discernment. And, And that's the biggest thing that people in Christian churches have lost. Besides their deep relationship with Christ, they've lost a discernment. And the Christian church, as we know it, is pretty much a sunk ship, and we're the lifeboats floating around and trying to pick up survivors. That's what it is now. And, and so if you understand what being led by the Holy Spirit means, it means that basically when you listen to a weirdo like I heard this morning who's talking and saying, oh, we have Iran's attacking you know, Israel right now, you realize he's lying. You can feel it in your spirit. He's lying. It's all lies. And it's evil, too, by the way. I felt the evilness, too. You know, like yesterday, we, you know, Karen was so kind. She looked up that Metatron thing. The, you know, we talked about it, the, the ownership of, you know, of General Motors. And, and you know, that, that term, that name is right out of the Zohar, right out of the Kabbalah. It deals with fallen angels. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not joking. I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it on, on the website. I'll, you know, it went right from, that's right from the Wikipedia page. And I thought, wow, these guys won't stop. They're just in your face with it. And, you know, because we were wondering who owns Metatron. Now we know. This is the Kabbalist group. From the, it mentions the Zohar right on the, on the Wikipedia page. And you think, is it always these guys? Yes, it's always these same people. Always. It's just, it's just that's what the group is. And once you get it, you get it. Now we have, you know, a mysterious extremist group of 13 individuals with weapons arrives at the Freedom Convoy protests up in Canada. Right as Justin Trudeau invokes the Emergency Act. And you go, what? Yeah. Four people were charged on Monday with conspiracy to commit murder following the Monday raid on their trailers at the Cuts Crossing. Freedom Convoy organizer Marco Van Hugenboss said the individuals arrested were sole operatives acting on their own behalf. He says they were, did not represent the entire protest. But CBC, CBC reported one of the organizers of the truck convoy blockade, Marco von Hubos, says protests says, as the porter were being beat, beat, were being peaceful. He denies there any threatening comments. Many, many videos are rolling. 
This all played out nicely for Justin Trudeau, and he planned an announcement also on Monday to vote to never before use emergency act. So now they're doing the same thing they did in D.C., the same narrative. There was a group of people in a hotel room just miles away from the, from the January the 6th protest in, in D.C. with a huge cache of weapons. They had an AR-15 and a 44 Magnum and 10 rounds of ammunition. It was a huge cache. You go, that's a huge cache? No, it was bigger than that. I, I'm being facetious. But the point is, nobody's starting a war with a couple of guns. Nobody's doing that. All right? It ain't going to happen. But doesn't it feed into the narrative? These guys are right-wing extremists against the government of Castro Trudeau, and they're bringing weapons to try to go ahead and start a civil war. The same exact narrative. You know, Ashley Babbitt got shot, you know, by a guy who was never charged with a crime for doing nothing besides walking around, just happened to take a bullet to the face or the neck or wherever it was. I feel bad for her and her entire family. But again... What about the Capitol Police beating all those people in the tunnel like they were a bunch of, bunch, bunch of just absolutely just low-life serfs, just beating them when they're out of, out of the range of the cameras? I mean, beating people that are unconscious, beating unconscious people the Capitol Police were doing. But we don't talk about that. The media can't talk about that because the Capitol Police, again, are the same people that are you know, being told what to do by the international Luciferian Kabbalist group. A little interesting story here. I, I'm going to cover this one. There's a cargo ship carrying thousands of Porsches, Bentleys, and Audis stranded at sea after a massive fire, as if the global supply chain for large goods like cars was already hopelessly snarled enough. A massive cargo ship with over 4,000 vehicles called the Felicity Age has now caught fire near the mid-Atlantic islands, forcing its crew to abandon the ship and its valuable cargo valued at approximately one half of a billion dollars, kid you not. According to the Washington Post, the ship and all 22 crew members have been rescued, but the Porsches and Volkswagens and Audis and other brand-new cars left on board are still adrift in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, what's interesting about this, because of maritime law, because the crew has abandoned the ship, if the salvage groups come in now and put the fire out, they own the ship. <laughs> I'm joking. And they own all of those vehicles. Now, think about it for a second. All of those dealerships with all of the trades coming in, 4,000 high-end vehicles now, what a bite that's going to put down on the velocity of money, which we talked about in depth for the last two years. All of this stuff is being done over and over and over again to slow the velocity of money. Now, you're saying so – you're, so now my question is, the question is this. Are you saying that this fire was started intentionally on the ship? My answer is very simple. I don't know. All I know is that there's all types of protocols that are done on ships all of the time to prevent fires like this. I know they have to vent those decks because of gas fumes, and I know that they require that the vast majority of those cars, when they're put on a ship, have less than like an eighth of a tank of gas in them, just enough to move them around, but they don't want full tanks of fuel. So is this part of the group, or does this happen to be somebody had bad luck and somebody shut off a vent and it vaporized inside and somebody sparked something that was a massive fire? All I know it was bad enough. That crew to abandon ship and get helicoptered off that vessel because they're afraid that thing's going to sink. So what in the world's happening out in the Atlantic right now with that ship? I've been trying to get updates on it. I don't know. But the thing about it is, is this, guys. Why in the world do all these things seem to be happening now? I've never heard of a cargo ship carrying 4,000 high-end vehicles suddenly catching on fire in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Never heard of that. Maybe you guys have, but I haven't heard about it. It seems strange to me. By the way... Former professor, Harvard professor, 
uh, Martin Koldorf, science and public health, says that are broken. The science and the public health are broken. He's basically a qualified public health pandemic expert in the United States. And as the narrative shapers to him, they think he's a pariah. As a prominent epidemiologist and statistician, Koldorf has worked on detecting and monitoring infectious disease outbreaks for two decades. His methods are widely used around the world and by almost every state health department in the United States, as well as by hundreds of people at the Centers for Disease Control. Koldorf has also worked on vaccine safety for years, developing globally used methods for monitoring adverse reactions to new vaccines. His resume on the Food and Drug Administration's FDA website is 45 pages long and includes a list of 201 peer-reviewed published journal papers. His work has been cited more than 27,000 times. And now he says the system is broken, quote-unquote. For some reason, a public official narrative was established, and if you weren't allowed to question it, which, of course, is very detrimental both to the pandemic and how to deal with a pandemic because you have to have a vibrant discussion to figure out how best to deal with these things, he told the Epic Times. The Swedish native said he tried to point out in March 2020 that there was a very steep age gradient or mortality of COVID-19 and the disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. COVID said he attempted to publish a paper both in the U.S. medical journals and mainstream newspapers stating that while anyone would contact the, could, 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 could contract the virus, the focus would be on protecting the elderly and those at high risk. His paper was knocked back from all directions. Guys, this is the narrative. Old white people need to die. There you go. They need to be taken out back. And basically, we can't put a bullet in them. We need to go ahead and give them a virus and kill them so that they don't have the ability to tell the younger generations what the United States used to be. Plus, these old white people are nonproductive, and they're basically a pariah or a parasite on the system, and we need to get rid of them because we're paying them Social Security that they paid in, which they should never have been paid back, and we've got to get rid of them. Plus, their cost of Medicaid and Medicare is so high now uh, that, that we don't want them around. That's right. But primarily, it's because of the wisdom you obtain. I was speaking with a friend of mine, Drew, yesterday, and he was talking to a class he was teaching. He's a college professor, and he asked the class. They asked him, would you like to go back and be 18 years old again? And he said this very succinctly, and I feel the same way. I'd like to go back and be 18 years old again, but only if I knew what I know now. I don't want to be 18 years ago and be 18 years old again and be stupid. Guys, think about that. Isn't that how we all feel? And so these kids nowadays, if you don't teach them right when they're young, and even if you try to teach them right, it doesn't always stick. But you got to tell them the truth of what's going on, and you can't cut them any slack. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. I love you. I really do. Always remember to keep your hearts and your minds in Jesus. Because listen to me, guys, without Christ, we're just it's over. We don't have, we don't have any hope. I mean, we really don't. I mean, he came and he delivered us from the evil one. And when he did that, it was because he wanted to have the ability of having a relationship on us. Remember this one passage is so very important. Romans 8, 39, 37, 39. But in all these things, we are completely victorious through God or Christ who showed us his love for us. Yes, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nor heavenly rulers, nor demons, or basically principalities. Nothing now or in the present, nothing in the future, no powers or spiritual powers, authorities, nothing above us or no powers in the sky, nothing below us or powers in the depths, nor anything else in the whole world 
anything created will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Always remember that. You stand, like Ephesians says, you stand your ground and do what's right based on God's word. And you always remember that Jesus loves you and he died for you, was resurrected, and he sits at the right hand of God Almighty. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Austin's on Hagman tonight. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Absolutely. And thank you again, my friends, for continuing to get the truth out there. And, you know, he's, he's right as far as a lot of this was geared towards getting the older generation out of the way. We saw the whole thing from COVID, from the first thing they did in New York with the nursing homes and the older generation with trying to get them first injected with the shot and I know numerous individuals that are, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s, some of them, you know, elderly, that have basically gotten the shot and have just, I mean, just randomly died. And see, again, then there's no adverse event from the shot. It's just, oh, well, somebody that was 85, you know, died. It's, that's normal. That's what they've classified it as. And Social Security, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's money that you're never supposed to get back. I mean, it's, it's laughable. You know, they take it out of my check, you know, and they take it out of Lana's. They take it out of everybody's check. Anybody who makes money, Social Security taken out of. The fact that anybody thinks in 30 years, you know, <laughs> I'm actually going to get Social Security is a joke. The whole thing was a giant Ponzi scheme from the very beginning. And again, they use it as a slush fund. This Congress was a giant slush fund. Oh, we're going to take your money. We're going to give it to you, you know, 30, 40 years from now. And, uh, yeah, you're going to like it. You're going to enjoy it, and uh, you're not going to get paid any significant interest on it. I mean, you think about the amount of money that you pay in and Social Security. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars if you've made money and you basically paid in, you know, your whole life, and yet no significant interest. I mean, if you if you took, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars from you know Social Security fund that you allegedly paid in that's yours, and you dropped it in, you know, decent market returns. And you're getting three, four, five, six percent, even you know eight percent is a solid amount with a good company return. And the amount of money that you'd be making over 30, 40 years is much, much higher than ever is even thought about with the Social Security checks. But again, that was the point, wasn't it? It was another way to tax you and take your money and then tell you, hey, we're going to make sure you're okay and you can live off the government. It was all about making people feel that the government was there for them to protect them and help them and guide them, when in reality, it was the complete opposite. And we saw – I saw an earlier article, too, that was talking about the same thing with the the uh, ship Felicity Ace with Volkswagen cars coming out of Germany, over 4,000 vehicles on the ship, Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini, Bentley. Ironic, isn't it, that these vehicles that are crated up – and all of them, most of them, which don't even have really any fuel in them at all, like Dad said, because most of these cars, if they're brand new coming from the factory, they crate them up. They have to like roll them out. There's really no significant fuel in these cars. And you're talking about half a billion dollars worth of inventory, but yet somehow this cargo ship was that just sloppy that a fire started. and There, there were no fire suppression tools on the boat. There were no platforms that were designed to put out the fire. I mean, anytime I've been on a cruise ship, I mean, there's always fire hydrants. There's all, or not fire hydrants, the, the fire suppression systems at the ceiling. There's always tons of fire extinguishers. Every time you turn around on a cruise ship, there's fire extinguishers. Like every corner is a fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. But yet somehow the ship just suddenly caught on fire and everybody abandoned it and now it's floating around out in the ocean with half a billion dollars worth of inventory on it. Right in the middle, it was interesting, this article it said 2021, 
This is from Interesting Engineering. 2021 hasn't been a lucky year for the automotive industry. Marred by chip shortages and low demands, most car makers failed to move their inventory anywhere close to pre-pandemic levels. The only exception was Tesla, which made record sales while dealing very well with the supply chain hurdles. Isn't it funny that Tesla hasn't had any chip shortages? Isn't it funny that they haven't had any supply line problems? Isn't it funny that the EV manufacturer, electric vehicle manufacturer, that's poised to make the most common, most production-used electric vehicles that are autonomous, hasn't seemed to have any problems, even though they're fully electronic? Think about that one for a second, my friends. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. HGH Stimulate on sale right now. Product of the week, magnesium brain food also on sale. Be sure to check it out and also see what you want to win for the product of the week next week. So continue to vote and vote for what you want to see win on the website at healthmasters.com. Continue to get the truth out there, my friends. I'll be on the Hagman Show tonight. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you again on this show, Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.